0: Okay, just moving on to podcast number three, um, of learning, church from the word, um, again we're just trying to play catch up on studies that happened a while ago. <clears throat> they were good studies. Um, we enjoyed them. We kind of got a wee bit, sidetracked on study number three. Um, it was a nice side tracking. We we were talking about baptism. We were looking into different things that were really interesting. Um, I'm sure it was profitable. Um, in the name anyway um, but we're going to just sort of run over what we did do um, in relation to the handout that you hopefully have before you study three, the local church is the saints is the title so study number one was questions and more questions about the local church and what did Christ teach study number two was um, we were looking at how the word of God and the, the local church relate to each other and how we are to interpret the word of God. Now we're looking at uh, who is it that actually comprises, who makes up the local church. Um, the local church I called it is the saints. So uh, I sent out um some questions, the question sheet, I don't know there another one or two of you that are very good at doing the questions. Sometimes I don't touch them on, um. The the night in question, I realize that um. But it still it, it feeds into this the the study and your own preparation and I do recommend that you try to do the questions if you get a chance before the study. I know sometimes I've been quite late in getting them out to you, and that is my fault. Anyway, some of the questions that we are <clears throat> we asked having given to you, uh, some reading in Acts twenty and Romans sixteen and First Corinthians one, um Philippians one to do. Um, I, I asked you to look at Acts 20 and ask the question, Acts 20, 17 and 28 and 29. Um, who is Paul speaking to and what is their role, what is their job? I, that comes from last week's questions. Um, how many ways are their job described? How many local ch- churches are the elders in the narrative involved with? And what are the, some big no-no's no's of this rule according to Peter, First Peter 5. And then we looked, <clears throat> or we were going to look a little bit at, at deacons as well. So that was kind of where we were coming to. So, first thing we're going to do now is um, just look a little bit at some of the passages. Uh, we'll read them together and pray that they'll be a blessing to us as we just sort of try to uh, draw together some of the. The truths we learned, and we reemphasized in the study number three. Just to pray, Father, <clears throat> help us again as we come into your presence, as we come to Thy Word. We we pray that each one of us might be blessed. We we thank Thee for uh, the privilege of looking at Thy Word. We we would pray, our Father, that um. As we maybe spend time over this podcast or in our own personal readings uh, in in these sections. We pray that each one of us might go away with a better understanding of what is expected of of us in the local church. We just commend ourselves to you in the Lord's name. Amen. Okay, so Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 and 42, we read this. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day were about 3,000 souls added to them, and they continued steadfastly in Apostles' Doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Now, we emphasized last time that um, just taking it on its own, unless there's confirmation from different aspects of the Word of God that confirms that this is not only historical but also practice that we can continue with the day, um, we looked at that study number two. Um, we can see that all these aspects are very valid, uh, in our our general uh, life today. So Acts yeah. twenty, verse seventeen to twenty nine. For my leaders, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, they say to him, "You know, from the first day there came that I came to Asia in the manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility." Many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. I kept kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that the chains... And tribulations await me, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of uh, God, will see my face no more. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the holy spirit has made you overseers to shepherd we have it again the church of god which he purpose which he purchased with the blood of his own for i know this that after my departure savage wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock so on let me see um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, please, just the first few verses. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is a Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints, with all who in every place call in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I should say and Lord Jesus Christ okay Uh, Philippians chapter 1 the first couple of verses Paul and Timothy bond servants of Jesus Christ to all in Christ Jesus to all the should say sorry to all saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons overseers and deacons grace you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ we know the lord blesses this reading of his word to us and our thoughts upon it now you can see the emphasis on elders throughout the acts um acts 20 the elders of the church the miletus elders or sorry the Ephesus elders as you say what he called him miletus so the church was in Ephesus, and there were plurality of elders. Now you move down that passage that we read together. You find out: take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among whom the o- Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So they're not only elders; they're overseers. So they have a function um, of, of of surveying, of looking after, of watching out for the the flock. Uh, among which, not over which, but among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So yeah, the the overseers, they're elders, they're overseers, and they're among the flock. They're not over the flock in a kind of clergy and laity um, situation, to shepherd the church of God. So that's another word, that's the thought of overseers, elders, and shepherds, or pastors is the is the word we have in another part of the bible that speaks about pastor teachers so there's the these three words are brought together under the one um as de- description of the one person as it were or the one group of people more accurately in each local church yeah, to shepherd the church of god which he purchased with his own blood or with the blood of his own and so on now you move down is this something that's practiced not only in the Acts, but also in the Epistles. Is it something that, that we should continue with? Yes, it seems to be, again, descriptive of what we have throughout the New Testament. Now, it doesn't say anywhere that thou must have uh, overseers or else it's not a local church. That's an interesting thought. But what seems to happen is in um, in, in the functioning of God and in the gifts that are given, that there th- those who are given gifts of government, given gifts of, of, of being marked by leadership. Uh, and these come to the fore. Um, and even in 1 Corinthians, where elders are not definitely emphasised, what we do find is certain people that are starting to be revered, or respected, I should say, not revered, respected uh, for the role that they play and they should be listened to as well. You can see that as you move through uh, first corinthians so so it is interesting um the ideal seems to be set up in in Philippians chapter one, when we have the idea of bond servants of Jesus Christ that's um Paul and and Timothy to all the saints that's all the Christians in the assembly in Christ Jesus here in Philippi with the bishops, the overseers, and deacons or servants, public servants, so those. Those who have a a particular calling or role in service for uh, the Lord in that local uh, assembly. So again we have this idea of, of all the saints and then we've got the overseers as a distinct group and also the deacons or the servants. So I'm just sort of spilling out some of the things that are obvious from those passages. I take it. Now, let's come to uh, study three. The local church uh, is the saints. Uh, we've discovered so far in our studies, and I think um, we would probably all concur with um, these findings so far. The universal church is founded among Christ and who he is. That's Matthew 16. The universal church is built by Christ. It began after the Lord's earthly ministry. He speaks in the future tense. Um. On resurrection and ascension, well, particularly um, the descent of the Spirit, it will include every believer from Pentecost to the Lord's coming. That the gates of Hades cannot ever have the ultimate victory over those who are in the universal church. The local church is the gathered company of Christians. They are people gathered for a purpose to a person. We thought of that as well, point six, point seven. This is self-governing and has authority in the lives of believers. That's Matthew 18. The Lord backs this authority from heaven and is in the midst. That's again Matthew 18. We, We look briefly at the fact that each local church is directly responsible to the Lord Jesus alone. Not the other churches, not their hierarchy, not their governing body. This is a uh, Revelation one to three. We mentioned that again in study one. Then we thought last week about the word of God. The word of God should come to the local church directly, not side by side to traditions or cultural additions. First Corinthians fourteen we looked at, and one or two other passages were mentioned. The word of God is not the, uh, the, I should say the the church, it says the word of God there. Uh, The church is not the source of the word of God, but one of the recipients of it. The church, uh, the local church. Each local church must use intelligent biblical principles in interpreting the word of God to gain wisdom as to how to function as a local church in their own time and space. Now, that's more or less where we've got to there's been plenty to take in. Um, I've put it in a kind of diagrammatic form. You'll notice that two of the boxes are blue uh, blue outlined. And they speak about the, the universal church. And there are three, four of the boxes are uh, pink outlined and they speak about the local church. You'll see the, the universal church, the church of the body of Christ, um, or the bride of Christ as well in, in another passage you notice that that the the local believers are are part of that larger church obviously if they're truly saved but we can not have the sphere of profession so if i was more accurate what i would have done is put the second circle with a slight edge and uh, the the pink edge that runs slightly outside the blue circle which represents the church the body of christ so there's a possibility of profession in the local but not in the large, Now, I know that's kind of perhaps confusing if you're not looking at the uh, sheet at the same time as me uh, speaking, so um, I suggest you get hold of the worksheet. Okay, then we moved on. We asked the question, who should comprise the local church? And we've already kind of answered it. It is the saints. It is those who are holy ones. They're set apart unto God. They have been saved. Now, now, we, we live in a a world that when they speak about so-and-so being a saint, they're not speaking about the same thing as we are. The idea behind a saint is one who is separated, one who is sanctified, one who is set apart from this world by God for himself. Every believer is a saint. Every brother, every sister, every little boy, little girl that is trusting in the Lord Jesus, they are all saints. There's not any kind of... Uh, Sainthood that's deferred by a, a church, um. Perhaps after you've died, you know you can't be made a saint. I mean that's all absolute nonsense as to the as far as the New Testament is concerned. It's very clear that each Christian is a saint. Everyone, now that's a. We're saints by calling. We read that in First Corinthians, uh, chapter uh, one, as well. We're saints. A wonderful thing, and 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 every saint should comprise or uh, should be in a local church that's the Lord's design and desire now what obvious public rules are indicated as normal among believers in local churches according to the New Testament now we've emphasised this too so so we have all the saints the, the Philippians passage is helpful Paul speaks and writes um, to all the saints and then he says with the overseers and the deacons with the overseers and deacons, so in a sense they're all saints, but then there are those who are overseers and those who are deacons. Now Paul brings this out for us um, in First Timothy, and chapter three he emphasises um, the the qualifications of oversight um, and also the qualifications for uh, deacons and so on. Now those are there are the words that are used. The the words that are used are overseer, elder, or shepherd, even pastor. If you keep this the peace small and don't emphasise it as a kind of a uh, a title to make you over a lot of people in a kind of in a kind of hierarchical sense. Um, so those are the words that are used in the New Testament. Now, now what you do find in in, in the churches. Um, uh, what I mean by that is in in the kind of um denominations the reformed so say the Presbyterian background and so on is uh, they speak about um the pastor um sometimes they speak about the minister it's an interesting word it really actually links in with the deacon word more than the pastor word <laughs> just to confuse things a little further and they speak of their minister as the teaching elder um they they kind of view a ruling elder and a teaching elder it its gets a bit confusing. Uh, the 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 differentiations that are made and um, they don't seem to be. And aren't based really on the New Testament. They're just based more on tradition, and so again, this idea of tradition feeding into. Uh, what the word of God says, and and having an effect upon it, so you have words like ministers and priests and clergy, and, and and laity, and all those kind of things that are are brought in, and and often they have a kind of underlying Greek word in them, but they're not being used as, as they should be used in their original context, and and that's a problem because what you have then is often a kind of um, non-biblical um, setup that is not ideal therefore I mean particularly the idea of priests let's stop there for a minute lots of people go to uh, local churches um, or go to groups of Christians we should say maybe and, and, and they're presided over by someone who um, is a priest he's a member of the clergy and certainly in sort of high church circles Church of England and um, they're also a priest now the Roman Catholics they have a priest now the thing about a priest is that a priest um, really represents others often you know the priests of the Old Testament would have gone in um, to the, and, and represented the people particularly the high priest you know and what you have there is this idea that, that these people are closer to God than you are that's a problem that is a problem, because in the person of a son, we are as near as he, and and you, priesthood in the new testament we 're not under the old testament now there 's not a separate distinct priesthood there 's not that there was the Levitical priesthood in the old testament there that 's not in keeping with the New Testament revelation of the fact that we all are priests we 're a holy priesthood um we 're a royal priesthood um and God has made us a kingdom priest unto his God and Father, and we shall reign in the air. Looking forward, uh, there's a wonderful future ahead of us as, as to our priesthood. We have a closeness to God, each one of us, that we could never have had in, under the old uh, Jewish economy. So, so this idea that, that one person takes up to himself Is robbing every other Christian of that title of priest. And every one of us is a priest. Every one of us. It's a birthright of a believer. Once we trust Christ, once we're part of the body of Christ, we have the right to come into the immediate presence of God and worship him. And and we have a right to, uh, in holy priesthood capacity, and then we have a right to move out. Uh, in in, in service for him and so on and that's all linked to what we are as to our birth uh, new birth or our position in Christ Jesus so that's why some of these terms when they're not used in the biblical sense start to become quite confusing Um, priests clergy and laity again it gives us thought of distinction there are clergy and they're up High in the sky in their later there's the rest of us. Now I know that's been kind of de emphasized in recent years, and that's a good thing because it's not true. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that these things um usually lead to underlying problems. So coming back to the New Testament pattern, what we have is those who are servants or deacons, we can look at that in more detail maybe in a future week, we have elders um who are overseers and shepherds um and all of us are saints okay so we looked at that those are the public roles that are indicated as normal now uh, please take time to look at first first timothy three it kind of gives you a number of things that are helpful about uh, these groups of people now um i then asked a the question in acts 20 first timothy First Peter, what is the positive role of the elder? Um, you can look at each of these passages in your own time. I'll not do it just now, but take the time, look at those passages as mentioned, and you'll be able to outline what the positive role of of elders are. You'll just to take the the example that we have before us in in Acts chapter twenty. They have a responsibility to shepherd the church of God to take heed to yourself and do all the fu- and so on um, we find out that they have a role of teaching they have a role of shepherding um, and so on so so take time to look at that if you get a chance now, now Peter also mentions some strong negatives so I think we we'll should maybe turn to the first Peter passage, first Peter 5 briefly first Peter 5 Peter speaks as a fellow elder. Now we know Peter was apostle as well, but he was an elder, an overseer, and he's speaking in such a way to fellow elders in First Peter, chapter five. This is what he says: the elders who are among you gain this idea of being among the Lord's people not over them as such I I exhort I am I who am also a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed now notice what he says again shepherd the flock of God it's God's flock it's not our flock you hear so-and-so saying pastor so-and-so and his flock that's not biblical it's a flock of God which is among you so you're among them and they're among you. It's a thought of uh, mutuality and closeness. Serving as overseers. So that's the thought of 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 uh, taking the the, the role of, of, of overseeing, serving as overseeing, not by compulsion, but willing now notice that that's the first negative. Not by compulsion. Not as being forced into the position that's not the thought you shouldn't be in the role if that's the case Um, it shouldn't just be a grudging thing but rather willingly not for dishonest gain but eagerly not as being lords over uh, those entrusted to you but being examples to the flock now he he looks at a lot of these things uh, and so on and then he mentions when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the crown of glory it doesn't fade away now you can see there's a number of negatives there you shouldn't do it uh, by compulsion in a grudging kind of way but rather willingly not not just so that you can make something out of it but, but eagerly not as being lords over those entrusted to you but being examples to the flock. Now, I think what we'll maybe do in a a later study is we'll look a little bit more at at overseers and also deacons, but it is interesting just to see what is put before us. Now, there are qualifications given to us for overseers. We haven't really looked at deacons so far, but... There it is interesting. Someone I, I put a diagram and in, in verse in the third page, and, and it it summed up the qualifications that are given to us, for overseers. Now the qualifications aren't really that different for, um. Servants or deacons, um, and so what we have is what I might term um. The qualifications for mature Christianity in a more general sense now there are specific callings to specific services um, and there's specific calling to those who are going to lead to the Lord's people and 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 because one has the qualifications in a, in a in a technical sense it doesn't mean that they feel any call to that position it doesn't mean that they're recognized as overseers in a sense. Um, there, there has to be that, that uniting of divine purpose, of their own individual desire, um, of, the, of the recognition of the saints and so on uh, with, with uh, the qualifications uh, of overseership. Now you'll notice what is said here, it's word orientated, they're word ori- orientated. They have to be faithful to the word, able to teach, exhort doctrine refute error those are qualifications they're mentioned now this is based in first timothy 3 titus 1, 1 peter 5 and acts 20 faithful to the word, able to teach exhort doctrine refute error word orientated so the idea behind um the idea of, of of an eldership for instance that is more or less looking after the buildings and all that kind of stuff as, as we see sometimes in um, in in larger baptist circles where you've got a you've got kind of that you've got the the pastor and then the, the associate pastors under him and then a separate group of of elders that that is not an idea that is biblical the idea is that the elders are overseers and pastors and together if you put a circle around that as a single group of, of people they should be or word orientated they should be faithful to the word able to teach able to exhort able to teach doctrine able to refute error that's a call that's required now there's to be integrity as well or to be devout above reproach good reputation respectful upright um, and they should be an example to the flock there's um, a relational aspect to it they should be hospitable gentle not lording, not quarrelsome, not quick-tempered, not self-willed, not violent. What about their family? They should be a one-woman man. Uh, they shouldn't have a roving eye. They should manage their household in a way that's appropriate. Their children should be behaving. Um, then we have the personal. They should be a lover of good. They should be prudent, sensible, self-controlled, temperate, not a new convert, not a drunkard, not greedy and of course they should have a desire they should be spirit motivated have a godly desire be eager to serve and not reluctant so this is high standards this is God's standards and um, every one of us can feel our limitations in these areas um, but the call to us is to understand and recognise those who are in that position Um, for what they are and and those who labour, in, in the word and doctrine it tells us in another place that we should recognise those as such, um, um, as we maybe will look at on another occasion. So more or less what I'm doing in this study is more or less just emphasising that the local church, in, in in its basic form, is made up of saints. And from those saints come some that are, are called to a specific service, usually overseen by um by perhaps the church as a whole and, and the overseers in particular, uh and, and there are those who have a, a particular calling to be involved in leadership, um and standing before as an example, uh moving among um in, in an oversight in a in the thought of, of uh shepherd care and looking out for those around it so i hope that helps give us an idea what god expects